Hello, everybody. Today, we have a podcast guest who is a brain researcher uh, and a former college wrestler, wrestled for Cornell University, uh, did a little bit of boxing, and has also trained jiu-jitsu and competed a little bit. Uh, he trained with Sean Williams for a while in, in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. So uh, he ha- has a, a really successful career in research, but uh, he's very aware of you know the the what most of our audience does uh, mixed martial arts wrestling jiu-jitsu uh those type of things and uh he's also my brother and we grew up together and and uh we still are you know still still best friends so uh i i know a lot about him and a lot about his research and in this podcast he gives a lot of uh, you know, we ha- we have a conversation. We talk about a lot of things that I think can help. Uh, that are really good information that can help people. Um, Randy wanted me to make sure and and kind of make a disclaimer also, and just say that nothing on here should be construed as medical advice. Uh, and, and really, it's not advice at all. It's for informational purposes, and you can take it how you want but should not substitute for any kind of professional advice. Uh, The other thing he wanted me to make clear as a disclaimer was that the opinions that we have, we, you know, kind of share in this casual conversation really are not connected with his professional career. Definitely not connect, definitely not the opinions of, of the institution that he works for. Uh, and, and not not necessarily connected to his, you know, some of them are, are his private thoughts and not his professional opinions, even on some of the subjects that we talk about. So that's the disclaimer. And uh, I think I think you'll really like this podcast. I think there's a lot here uh, for for a lot of different fields, some motivation, uh, some some information on, you know, maybe kind of nutrition items even and uh, some information on how to learn, how, how you can how the brain learns. So all those things I think are, are you know, hopefully interesting and uh, uh, there's a lot more to it too. So uh, enjoy this, this episode with Randy Stout. Hey, welcome to the podcast. I'm here with Randy Stout today. He's a, a brain researcher at the New York Institute of Technology, uh, College of Osteopathic Medicine. And uh, he was a former athlete, former wrestler at Cornell University, uh, where he was a biology major. Uh, what, what was your, what, what was your uh, major at Cornell, exactly? It was biology with a, a con- what they called a concentration. It was biology with what they called a concentration in uh, the genetics and development. Um, so it was basically a lot of people that were doing uh, pre-med and uh, planning to become uh, go to med school, whereas my uh, focus was uh, to become a, a researcher, a biological researcher. And and you're you're actually teaching uh, doctors that work on the brain now, right? Uh, well, I, I'm teaching uh, future medical students while they're in medical school. Um, but uh, my my area of teaching is in is on the brain and uh, neuroanatomy and neurochemistry. Yeah. And uh, you got your do- where you got your doctorate too from a, a different university. Yeah, so um, I have a PhD. I'm not medically trained, which is uh, 
gives me a different perspective while teaching, but uh, my PhD was in neurobiology, which I got at the University of Alabama in Birmingham, Alabama, in the U.S., um, and uh, yeah, that was in, that was a PhD in research on neurobiology. And before you, before you got into your research, you were at Cornell, and, and this is something I think uh, probably a lot of people that listen to this podcast can relate to. Um, we have a lot of students uh, that you know, train jiu-jitsu at the school here at Stop Training Pittsburgh, uh, and probably a lot of other people are listening either are really busy with school and, and sometimes their jobs. But I think one thing that was – I always tell people, you know, when they say, oh, I'm in a really tough program and, and I'm too busy – uh, to to you know to train and and you wrestled through Cornell right you wrestled while you're at Cornell and and uh, and that's a high level wrestling program it's it's you know now they're one of the best in the country they're very good when you were there they're a top level program when you were there uh, and and you also had a it was it was no uh, wasn't an easy academic program it wasn't like nah. you know you were focused on it too it was something that you actually were interested in and passionate about too so I think that's that's something that I always talk to people about when they say oh it, i think it, in some ways it complements it what do you think about that yeah it can it can it can kind of uh when you have to focus and and take take time and focus on one thing versus the other even within the same day when it's hour to hour you're you're leaving wrestling practice and going off and and doing stuff in for example i was working in a lab as well as as um doing just the regular schoolwork. i was i was I volunteered in a lab for a while. I worked for a private biotech startup company for a little while. And when you're doing that, you, it's it's good to kind of change gears and, and get out. But it's very difficult at the same time. It it, it is a it's a hard hard uh, thing to navigate. Uh, so. What do you think that that? I mean, I know just you know from from knowing you after getting out of school and everything like that. It research is tough these days, right? Like you just just being in that world. I think a lot of people that aren't involved in it don't realize how demanding how tough it is people talk about tough jobs where they have to work long hours you know some some medical fields some you know some of my some other people that i know that work in finance you know they talk about long hours small business startup people the research field at least from what i've i've known from you and some other people i've talked to really really demanding right like long hours uh sometimes strange hours sometimes uh uh stuff gets thrown at you all at once right is that is that how like how it's been a lot of times i think for you right it, it, it is it is that like like you described uh usually very long hours and uh you're there and strange hours there, there's benefits there's there's you know i don't want to compare it to other other professions because everything has its its ups and downs um i think sometimes people don't realize that uh research it takes an extreme uh, focus and drive and 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 if you miss miss out on that then you're you're there's a lot of people that have that and they're unsuccessful in research it's it's a it's a it's a profession where you're you really have to be driven it's almost to the point of being a little bit crazy to to even even be in the in the, have the opportunity for success to stick with it right you just just, stick just, with just it. to stay with and sometimes it. you can't stick with it just because funding runs out or your your line of research ends up not being you get a bad string of, of incorrect ideas or hypotheses and your research goes for a couple of years which takes time to get results and if it's all negative or it's all not the way you thought it would be and it's not that important 
then you can't know whether it's going to be important before you start. So or it doesn't so. seize on a trend. Or, exactly, you know, yeah. There's a lot. There's, so what you're saying is there's a lot of luck involved. And I think I think a lot of people in the, you know, let's talk about MMA for a second. A lot of, like, very different things. But in that respect, I think it's it's really similar. You know, in, in any any combat sport, wrestling, MMA, uh, you know, you, you may, just to stick with it, it's very tough when when circumstances life pulls you away right and and that's uh i think seems a very similar to research i mean i think i think it's very important that there's people out there doing research i think most people would agree with that but it, it's it's uh you know i i think that i think that uh the to to be able to stick with that is really important and it's similar to other things similar to mma like our mma fighters uh one of the hardest things is is just staying staying in the game right like and with with all the and i'm not even talking about because like your desire flagging i'm talking about being able to actually stay in the game you know there's there's injuries in mma we're talking about there's there's injuries there's bad luck as far as you get a couple string of a couple losses uh you get cut from an organization uh because you lost a couple fights maybe you had a bad decision maybe a bad judge's call uh, so so a lot of things are, are I think very similar but and it's so important that you know research I mean MMA is a sport it's great it's a sport I really love but I think it's even more important that that, that, that there's people that do research and 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 this that's it's hard to stick with and I think people don't appreciate that but I think when when you got when you know people that are in in jiu-jitsu or in MMA or whatever you're doing I think know that there's other fields and professions that have that it's similar challenges right like uh they, they there's no guarantee of reward there's no guaranteed path and even if you do the right things there's an element of circumstance of luck of of um you know and just just endurance and and the only way you're gonna even the only way you're gonna even have a chance is to have that like passion you're talking about it's like you really have to love it right you have that passion but just just also just do it too i mean uh, you, you just go out and go go be there be in the lab you know or in the case of the gym go to the gym just just actually go there when you can you know yeah. and, and make make it possible to go even when you think you might not be set able up to. your life so that you so yeah, that you, you can exactly. yeah yeah, yeah. And so that's, uh, and, and, and so re- research is that same way. And, and, I, and I think especially in earlier stages, um, like you, you've heard about postdocs, postdoctoral scholars. Um, that's a t- that's a, it's a hard life because you can, circumstances that are outside of what you have control of, like the, the laboratory that you're working in, if they for some reason don't get a grant or a grant is, is, is canceled, you're essentially not only out of a job but out of a career and and, and there's there's it can be almost impossible to come back from that but if you keep working on it you might be able to um so that's that's yeah, research. I, I, again that's it's something. very similar i see with with mma fighters you know the guys that want to be competitive and 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 probably the same for all a lot of combat sports and, and probably the same for other professions even you know in a larger sense right i think research has special challenges uh you know obviously jiu-jitsu and mma the same thing but um I was just glad you brought that up because that's that's something that uh, people talk about. What makes what makes people successful? There's no guarantee. There's people that do all the right things and maybe aren't successful. But the people that are successful have to have that. Like what you just said, set your life up. Just just show up, right? Just keep showing up, even if there's nothing there. No, like you don't even know what's making you show up sometimes. 
And you also have to have the the right people that are essentially your mentors or teachers. And, and in the case of research, it's the person who's in charge of the lab. In the case of, of MMA, jiu-jitsu, wrestling, um, you have to, the, the interaction you have between your coach, your mentor, in, in the case of research, that has to, it goes both ways. So like, they're willing to stick to continue to really go out of their way sometimes when you you just keep persevering in the face of challenges that really you're both experiencing at the same time in some yeah. cases um, I think that's a really good point like it, that it goes both ways I mean you know there's sometimes sometimes people expect a lot of their teachers but they aren't willing to put in you know they're they're expecting one or the other's expecting too much right sometimes teachers expect too much of the students too and they're not giving anything back you know and I think I think that that's a really interesting point I you you've had some of your talk about like some of maybe some of the mentors you've had in research. so I've had ones that that I, I, I guess looking back on it and and looking back on the path that I've taken and the fact that I have been able to make it to really the, the, the goal of, of having my own research lab. That's very unlikely. And you would say that I got very lucky with, with the mentors that I've had. And that's true, largely true. I, I, I got very lucky. I, I, I happened to work for and with people who um, were both extremely driven, but also looked out for, their, for the, the people that they were working for them. Um, and at the time, it's, it's, you kind of change your perspective after as time goes by I've, I've had times when there was difficulties in the research and sometimes there was conflict but in the end if the person really comes through and provides what they say they will um then you're you're, you're talking to someone here who it worked out for there's there's examples and, and that comes yeah. back to this this two-way relationship i know of people who just i would say that my my both of my major mentors are excellent in, in, in promoting their people that are working for them uh, in the research lab. But I know people who, after I would just absolutely give hands down recommendations to, this is the best place you could come and work. I've seen people come in and, and fail, but it's because they had expectations of, of that were not in line with even really what, what they're there to do. And that, that, that became a problem. So. I've seen both positive and negatives with the same person who would... With the same would, mentor, right? With the same mentor that right, I would consider right. to be just a, one of the best mentors you could even possibly have. Yeah. But nobody's perfect. And so if, 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 you, don't, if you don't put it in as the person who's there, it's you, that, you, it, you won't get a good response from the mentor, essentially. Yeah. It's, so you're, it's, you're saying it's like that two-way kind of a reflexive relationship that, yeah. that, that, provo- that gets you to where you want to be. Yeah. Um, Talk, uh, let's talk a little bit about your actual research. Uh, uh, researching the brain is what you do, which we're going to tie that in a lot to how, how maybe maybe even some practical tips on nutrition and things that can help uh, you know people in the in combat sports. But I, I just wanted to talk just just kind of generally about t- t- I know, but tell tell the, the the people that are listening about the type of research you're doing right now. So right now I'm studying the ways that the brain uh, recovers from injury. And, and, and very specifically what I'm studying right now is the way that the cells that provide the, what's thought of as insulation for the, 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 the connections between the cells. Uh, so everybody thinks about the brain as full of neurons that are connected by things that are like wires. Um, 
and that's true to some degree. That's a good way to think about it. But there's actually many, many more by number uh, of a different kind of cell called a glial cell. These glial cells actually take part in how the brain computes information or, or processes information. Um, when these cells are damaged due to injury, whether in the case of multiple sclerosis, you have inflammatory injury, um, infiltrating uh, immune cells uh, create damage and they actually kill the cells. And I'm learn and what my research is studying how the signals are provided to regrow those or make the cells that are still present change into the type of cells that will provide the support that they normally do uh, for, for normal brain function. So you have damage and then you need some signal to recover. And what, what kind of injuries are, are we talking about like as far as uh, like a, a brain injury? It, it, what, what would be the, the start of like, like an injury to those, to those cells? Is that the way to say it? Yeah. Uh, we don't know the, the underlying cause of, of, of multiple sclerosis, and that's kind of where the actual specific place I'm looking. But I'm currently also doing like other types of other research projects that are looking at when the blood brain barrier, what causes the blood brain barrier, which is the seal between the blood and the brain. There's a thing that's called a barrier, and it's made, it's very specific. It, to the brain and it's very important to protect the brain from things that shouldn't be getting into the brain. When that breaks down, then you have things getting into the brain and the brain reacts sometimes in a negative way. Those types of injuries, that thing, that can, that can be caused, that breakdown of the blood-brain barrier can be caused either by mechanical injury, basically trauma to the brain, uh, or it can be caused by inflammation. You can even if you get so much lack of sleep for a long enough time, you can even start to have your blood-brain barrier uh, wow. become leaky. So, so, and then inflammation. Let's let's gra- talk about that. How how do, what are some of the ways that, that you know of that inflammation could be caused? It could compromise or could damage the those cells or the blood-brain barrier. What what are in infections, tissue injury, uh, peripheral tissue injury. So that means other parts of your body. That, that can trigger inflammation, that can trigger chronic and that pain. Can, and and that, that can actually affect the blood-brain barrier, the yes, cells that yes. make up the blood-brain barrier. Wow, okay. So uh, if you have a great deal of tissue injury, you can, you can have breakdown of the blood-brain barrier. Um, you, you can also have breakdown due to different underlying diseases that can, that can okay. trigger it. What about poor nutrition? That's something I, I've heard brought up. Is that, is that something like chronic, let's say chronic vitamin deficiencies or other types of poor nutrition, eating, eating, possibly eating chem- a lot of chemicals? Is that something that could possibly cause injury to, that, to those cells? Or, or you, uh, do you, have you done any research on that or know anything about that? Well, um, with regard to like exotic chemicals or weird synthetic chemicals that you wouldn't want to have in your body, I, I don't know exactly, and I don't think I think the research is still out there on that. It depends on the particular chemical that you're talking about. Of course, if you have like a toxic dose of a certain chemical, and then you could have a subtoxic dose that this that's that's just damaging to the tissue, and you could lead to peripheral tissue damage, or you could potentially, it depends on the chemical, have uh, effect on. But just having poor nutrition, everything's not going to work right, and you won't have the vascular, the the brain vasculature, so the. The, the vessels, the blood vessels in the brain, nothing's going to function right if you don't have the right um, nutrition. So yeah. And would that cause, like, like for example, you're saying there's there's inflammation in 
other tissues can can affect the the blood-brain barrier can inflammation uh let's say inflammation caused by uh a poor let's say let's just say a poor diet do you think that's another cause something that could cause that um I, I can't speak to that. I really, sure. I really that's that's kind of outside your field. Yeah, that's that's outside of my area of expertise. So you're, nutrition. you're kind of you're more focused on right now. You say you're researching multiple sclerosis. What about what about like blunt force trauma, like like that happens sometimes in to fighters, mixed martial artists, things like that. Yeah, military people. Uh, that's that's something that you're researching, right? Yes, and and so. Um, Really, I'm focusing on the cellular level changes that occur to the cells in the brain when, when there's injury. And so that could be any kind of injury. In the case of blood force trauma or concussive trauma um, to the brain, you, you do get breakdown of the blood-brain barrier in that case. And it can be a large amount, it can be a small amount, and, but you also can get cellular damage to the brain cells in, with, that are out, you know, within the brain. Yeah. Um, and that this leads to changes and it's, it's an ongoing communication between the blood and the brain um, that this, this is an ongoing form of communication that's limited by the blood-brain barrier and when you have changes to the blood-brain barrier then you have changes to this, this communication and what happens is the, the cells in the brain will take on a different kind of shape and a different character I would say. So just just quickly, like for like somebody like me that doesn't know a lot about that, it, talk about how they communicate. Like, what's that? What do you mean when you say the the communication? What's uh, what it's, like it's, like it's chemical communication. So things that the cells in the brain are making, yeah, they will release, and then it'll, it'll it'll they'll they'll go and they'll diffuse. So they're they're they actually the cells in the brain, you'll see them reaching out to the blood to either take things from the blood or put them into the blood. So they t- they receive and send things to those blood vessels that go throughout exactly. the brain. And, that's so the, really and that basically is a blood-brain barrier. Then. Is, that what, is yeah. that what that the is? Blood that the blood vessels have, have like what look like seals all, all around them. Then these cells tell them, what, what they, they make sure that they form the blood-brain barrier, they maintain the blood-brain barrier, and by, they do that by releasing chemicals that they make onto the, the cells that, that are forming the, the blood vessels. So your blood vessels, of course, are made out of cells that are wrapped up into a tube shape. And so the, 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 these, the brain cells of your brain are, are releasing chemicals onto them to tell them to continue to make the blood-brain barrier and tell them, you know, that we... we and there's also signaling that goes on that, that, that measures like the, the level of inflammation and changes to the blood. Yeah, okay, and and I I think that's a good place to to talk about this. That we, you know we were talking about a little bit before before we started the recording, but uh, the it, I asked you about nutrition, and you said, oh, that's a little that you know that's getting a little bit out of your field, and and I think that that was that's a, a kind of an interesting point because what you actually study is not like a- application stuff like that. It's very specific mechanical strip functioning how the brain actually functions, right? Yeah. And that's different than, than saying, oh, if I eat this certain kind of thing, how's that going to affect? Yeah. You know, I think it's a different, if it's a different way, it's it's more like, uh, how would you describe it? Like theoretical research? How, Mine is basic research. So basic. I'm studying like how the, the cells structure. of the brain work and communicate with each other through chemical signals. Um, and there's a big gap between, or intellectual space between what I'm studying and figuring out what what how much and what to give a patient or even a person who's healthy to maintain their health as far as nutrition and stuff but that said all the things that i'm studying 
are required if we're going to really understand why these things that we're doing are working in, in the in the adult, in the patients. So your what your kind of research or, or any basic research if, from what you've told me before is is really the uh, that's foundational knowledge, right? Is 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 a little bit different than applying something specific, and it seems like that there there's not as it, what you've told me is it's it's it, the trend is is for funding and things like that have gotten away from that basic research which is which is really very important that's how we really understand how how things work right versus yeah. just just applying it to specific specific cases yeah. there's functional knowledge and there's basic not basic research yeah, knowledge right the, the basic increasing our understanding about how things work is is basic research and that's that's another way to say basic research and it is the engine that drives progress towards curing diseases it's it's the engine and, and these other things are more um, design problems and figuring out and, and, and testing is to, to develop a drug or something like that that's important too but you can't you one of the reasons why we've had so much trouble um, developing drugs for brain disease whether it's it's uh, neurodegeneration trauma or or these uh, uh, disorders such as depression or schizophrenia they is because we have a lack of understanding at the basic level and you, you can just keep trying different things in, in mice and in, in, in clinical settings forever and if you don't understand how things are working at the basic cellular level there's you, you it'll just it'll be it can be forever before you find something that's useful if you're just going hit or miss um, but with regard to Nutrition. Going back to what you were asking about, this is this way that we don't think about the brain as interacting with the blood stream and, and regulating blood flow, um, but it's also the way everything has to get into the brain to, to supply energy and nutrients and to get rid of the of the waste products because your your brain is constantly working and every time a massive complicated machine is working day and night, it's going to generate broken products or waste components and so it has to get rid of them and that all goes through the blood both the intake of, of, of energy and nutrients vitamins but also the release and uh, one of the the topics of my research um, is that I, I'm kind of promoting a different way to think about the glial cells in the brain they clearly have a role in how in processing information I'm kind of pushing an idea that the the glial cells act as receiving, processing, and distribution centers as a cellular center in the brain. What that means is they their state, the way those cells are working, will have a major effect on any supplements or nutrients or vitamins, anything you're taking that those cells are basically their uptake and distribution centers for that. And what can happen is, because they have a dual role as both kind of a defense, immune defense cell, and also as a distribution center, then if, if you have a, an injury, they can kind of shift towards the defensive uh, type of character of cell. Whereas um, in a healthy, normal situation, without the damage, then they're functioning very well as, a, as an uptake and redistribution center, processing center. So there's, we, we need to focus on 
what are those changes in the, the character of these cells that I'm studying and is there a way to shift them back towards the, the healthy state or the, the non-defensive uh, reactive state of cells um, and so that's kind of a, the, one of the areas of my research so that when you do take a supplement to try to you know basically help your body your brain be healthy um, it can actually get to where it's supposed to go and and you mentioned something too uh, before about um, something that's kind of like you know it's it's in the news a lot and it's a new, new it's not new but it's a newer thing like the the CBD CBD oil yeah. uh, you mentioned that there's some some research that points to that possibly did, did I did I am I I'm hoping I'm getting this right but like repairing those cells yeah actually, actually changing them back to a better that better state where they function better in the brain there is some uh i would say solid research indicating at least in in animal models because we can't really do we can't cut open people's brains and study them usually in most cases but there's there's some there's some solid research indicating that you're reducing this this you know re reactive or defensive state of the cells through through cbd um and, and that's, it's not outlandish to think that it would have an effect because these, these compounds could be acting on the receptors that are actually in the brain. The brain makes these receptors um, that are on the cells that I was talking about, taking on the state, and it can change how they function if you're, if you're signaling to them with this, with this molecule. Um, and in that case, so, there is evidence that it's, it's changing them into more of a, a, a relaxed or quiescent state. Um, and that means that they could, and they're likely to, if they are, if we can find a way to shift them into a more uh, relaxed state, non-defensive state, um, they might be able to function better to like allow other nutrients to get to the, throughout the brain, to, to the brain cells that need them uh, for repair. That's I, I think I'm going to start taking CBD. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I definitely don't uh, want to be like, you know, uh, backing up. And I have no no reason to back a, a product or anything like that. I don't, I don't have any relation to the CBD. But, and I also don't want to be promoting a certain thing um, based for, for medical reasons. But there is evidence that CBD uh, is having a positive effect on, on these cells, at least in, in when, when we study them in, in in animals yeah. that's really interesting and and uh, another thing I want to talk about and I, I don't know if this is too far out of I know you have done research on things like this but uh, it, it touches on the brain uh, how, how we learn right like everybody and this is back to our you know our the audience for the podcast trying to learn something new trying to learn uh, you know whether it's jiu-jitsu Muay Thai uh, new skills and learning new skills in general um, can you talk a little bit about what maybe something you've learned through your research or, or something you think is a little bit different than, than most people understand about how, how, how the brain works as far as learning? Yeah, um, so the, the thing that I would, most people don't think about um, because we have so much uh, exposure to computers and you can just instantly store memories and um, the brain works very differently as it's we don't totally understand it, even in this research. But so the computer analogy is 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 not a, a great analogy in some ways. As far in as some, like, in some, some situations, it's bad. In some situations, it can help people understand what to think about. But 
in a lot of situations it's bad uh, for so we can't instantly store our information and our we think that our brains store long-term memory so when you really learn a new technique or a move down to the point where you can really just 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 do it with without thinking or when you're extremely tired for example um, that requires we think that that requires a structural change to the to the to the brain the way it's, it's structured hmm. at a very microscopic level um, but at the same time in order to redo <coughs> structures and to change the either the location of the brain structures themselves or the the types of chemicals that are in these very tiny compartments you need to have time to do that and you need it goes through a process and we don't completely understand the process but this one thing that's, that's clear is that it requires sleep and you require uh, co the presence of um, chemicals in the brain that are released when you're focused, interested, and motivated, these things are kind of like a two-way, uh, you, need, you need multiple things at the same time in order to effectively learn something. To make that change, to, to make that actual structural change, is that right, what you're talking exactly, about? Right, okay. exactly, yes. And, and that's different than just learning, I, I think what, what, is this what you're saying is learning something in a deep way or learn, or maybe permanent learning would be a way to say it, or long-term, 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 long-term yeah. learning is different than than short-term learning is that is that yes something you're saying? yes yeah. and in both cases you need to have a positive the environment in which you're learning both your 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 state whether you're whether you're interested and motivated or the environment around you will strongly affect it's not like just a computer where you can just plug something in the information in the environment and your your own your state, state state of uh, your emotional state i guess you could well, say yeah. um will affect the the uh, effectiveness effectiveness of learning and also this is really important when we learn we integrate it into all the rest of it it's not compartmentalized so we're putting the new thing the new move and the new information that you're that you're trying to learn or remember is getting put into a context and both in the brain even so it's 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 very it's, it's we think it's distributed out throughout the outer part of the brain, uh, long term memories, and so it's it's integrated into what you already know. Yeah. And so the context is important both within the brain, but also during the process of learning, your motivation and motiv emotional state determine the presence in your brain of these other chemicals that are released that modify the learning. Yeah, and so that's it's very important to have the right learning environment uh, as well. Wow, that that that's pro probably something real general, but I think I can take some practical tips on learning from that as far as what kind of state you want to have when you come into uh, when you come into a learning situation, right? And then and then the process after it, you know, getting rest afterwards is important, right? You talked about sleep. Yes. Uh, what what about is there any is there anything that points to you know you say that some of the states again just go over that again like you want to have focus you want to have a lot of interest you want to have a generally happy is that like what are the state what's the state that seems to that seems to be or, or is that is that kind of outside of the field of your research it's a little getting towards the outside, outside of my yeah. but I, I will say that it's important to have you know the idea of happiness comfort there's all these different things that you can talk about 
but the most important was so a very stressful situation can release once one neurotransmitter. Another situation where you're 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 hung like literally hungry or you're very driven uh, or you're very you really want a goal that means that that, that generates release of another neurotransmitter and it's also the, the release of that neurotransmitter kind of reinforces that that emotional state those two states so highly aware and, and, and actively engaged and motivated are the two things that come together so you can have a very traumatic situation that gets burned into your memory is what, what people call it right and and you're you're not going to be happy during in, in a lot of situations but that's going to be burned in your memory but you can also have learning that just because you're focused and so you want to find that that best situation where you have where you're focused you're very aware you have heightened awareness but you're also um driven and and and, and you have a goal in mind so it's not so much pleasant or sanguine you know right I mean? yeah i see what you're saying so it's just just the strength of the emotions in some cases yeah. that that's that intensity yeah. and things like that that, that that can help learning and then and then you mentioned also like getting getting rest afterwards and things yes. like that Seems sleep like sleep is a really important sleep is is required for different components of learning and and uh shifting from like a short-term memory to a long-term memory can be aid, aided yeah, through through getting enough sleep and through the sleep process. Well, that kind of explains two two of my favorite quotes that I've heard this year. One of them was I think I think we had it on one of the podcasts. It was uh, Pat Santoro, the Lehigh wrestling coach, said a lot of techniques are caught, not taught. Right? You can teach somebody anything, but maybe their state wasn't right. Maybe their emotional, uh, you know, their their intensity, their emotional state, or they didn't get sleep afterwards, so they didn't catch the technique. They you could have been you could have taught it to them perfectly, but they they. The, the, the person didn't catch it because of that state or, or for whatever reason but but I, it just made me think of that when you were talking about that and then another another quote that that when you talked about long term and something that you know you mentioned something a technique you can do when you're really tired and, and you know about this from experience from your wrestling and, and all the other combat sports you've done um, you, as it makes me think of the the Hodger Gracie quote that I read this year you can you, you don't want you don't you don't do a technique until until you do it right you do it until you can't do it wrong and I, I think that's that's what he meant by that like you you could be super tired and you can still do it and that's that's means that you've made those possibly it seems like from what you're saying it me it means that you've made those changes in your brain right yeah like, yeah well you certainly have and but you also have have made other kind of related changes that integrated into your way of doing the the behavior that you're doing in this case jujitsu to such a level that it's actually part of the fabric of how you how you how you act when you're doing jujitsu. Yeah. And 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 that the, those series of, of, of techniques, it's it's communication through different parts of the brain. So there's there's the cerebellum does some of the a lot of motor control stuff and then the, the cortex will do like kind of the the like factual base. Like if, if I did this at this time I'm I'm likely to get have success. And so you're having all these things combining at the same time. And you've you've integrated that into your into the fabric or your system of of doing jujitsu. Um, so you could you could almost say instead of people say make the technique your own, you could say you could say make the technique part of you would be <laughs> would be almost like a, yeah. a, a better way to yeah. say it. Part of your way of doing of of who you part are. Of when you, you're part doing, of who you are. Who part you are when you're there doing jujitsu uh -huh. is, is is the and uh, yeah it's it's 
There's also a lot to be said, though, because we're talking about the context. There's a lot to be said about having an instructor who, like, actually logically figures out a scheme or a plan to to teach you the technique when you're able to integrate it into a, a useful fabric of of other knowledge. So. You could teach someone, and even if they learned it extremely well, it would be harder to learn it if you don't know why you're learning it and what feeds into this technique. But at the same time, it would be uh, it would be no point in learning it anyway. But it would be actually be much harder to teach someone a technique if they didn't see the next step or the previous step leading into it. And so there's a lot to be said about teaching people in the right con order and context so so creating and that makes me think of you know the one of the guys we had and you know him somewhat a little bit too but uh john danaher's the the big proponent he's very academic and he promotes teaching in systems right yeah and, a curriculum or a system and a curriculum that can even adapt to the particular path that a student maybe or it can be a curriculum that's so inclusive and so expansive but it's detailed to the point where you, as you move from step to step through your learning, it, it's, it's actually logically laid out. It's, it's, it's just extremely valuable learning, learning anything. Yeah, and that's, uh, I think that's a good place to, to stop. We gotta do this again. That was, that, that was uh, really interesting, and I think uh, the only thing we were worried about going into this one is, you know, I, I know you have a lot, a lot of experience, really, in combat sports, but how applicable science was going to be to that, and I think we got to some really good, good points of intersection between, you know, the sports and and brain research, which I think is really cool. It's interesting. So uh, we'll have to do that. We'll have to do a, a part two at some time. But uh, we've gone about forty minutes, so we better wrap wrap up for now. Is there anything else you wanted to add before we before we go? I'll just say, uh, yeah, this was this was fun, but. Uh there's a lot we don't know and, and there's a lot that, that I can't tell the, the exactly the, 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 the reasons behind stuff and that's why we're doing research that's the point of research is to find out new new knowledge and new things how, how things are working so um, hopefully we can find out things that are useful to uh, people that are doing jiu-jitsu and, and just useful in general I think that that's it's so important that there's people out there doing this 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 type of research in particular basic research and and I I, I hope that someday I can support that and, and support it more. And uh, I think if, if anybody out there has the opportunity, there's all kinds of causes out there. There's all, you know, there's everybody and their brother has a GoFundMe page now and, and everybody wants something. But uh, if, if there's any way, I just, my uh, thing that I would like to promote, I would like to do it. And I think, I think it's a good thing to do. Support research, support basic research. If anybody's able to, if anybody has any way or path to be able to do that, I, I would, uh, uh, I would encourage that. And uh, thanks for thanks for taking time. Thank you.